Hey, Rachel. Hi, Brian. So how was your week? I feel like this week, that's like asking, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how is the play? Oh, when I re- rerun it's this play horrifying. in my head, I have like PTSD. It's uh, We've had a lot of bad weeks on Nope, but this might be it. Like, plant the flag. It does not get any worse than this. This and... is a historically bad bad week and right. the scariest thing is it could have been worse like just like it may still be worse okay <laughs> and yet i think we managed to find some humor in it we'll find out as we proceed with nope the podcast where we shut it down my name is no my sign is no my number is no you need to let it go you need to let it go need to let it go Okay, so um, we skipped a week last week because there was an insurrection, Um, but it's important to remember that we are still in the midst of an active coup, and um, today it seems that the Trump administration is, like, looting the White House as they move out. I don't know if you saw this, Brian, but there are pictures of some people (laughs) carrying out a bust of Abraham Lincoln. Wait, wait, this stuff is not his personal property. I am no. I'm sure I am certain he did not bring his own personal bust of Lincoln to the White House so that he could take out his personal Surely property. Surely he did not. He no, and Mark Meadows's wife was carrying out like a taxidermied bird. So um <laughs> they go in as grifters, what a they perfect, go out as grifters. What a perfect memento of your time in the White House than a taxidermied <laughs> bird. <laughs> I just hope that they recoup all of these items because um, they're going to take everything. And, um, you know, before we get into the whole podcast, I just kind of wanted to stop and mark the loss of one of um, one of the leading lights in the fields of both gastroenterology and literature, uh, Dr. Harold Bornstein. Oh, who, Dr. Bornstein. Oh, we're going to miss him. We're we miss are. Him. So, yeah. So you may remember Dr. Bornstein as the long locked doctor of Donald Trump <laughs> who looked like he dropped a lot of acid back in the day and probably still today or, yeah. you know, in you know recent years. Um, he wrote that famous letter that actually Trump dictated that said that Trump would be the healthiest president ever elected <laughs> and that his vital signs were beyond perfection in <laughs> Trump's signature hyperbole. And then he subsequently found himself on the outs with Trump after he revealed to the Washington Post that Trump was taking Propecia for hair loss. And uh, I mean, there's so many questions why your gastroenterologist <laughs> right, and then describing Trump's, Propecia. Right, right. Trump sent his goons to like go ransack his office and like seize his medical records. And yes, oh. yes. And Bornstein said he felt like he had been raped after that, which is like a very strange uh, statement. Not yes, quite like, the same. <laughs> not, um, yeah. So, um, so Bornstein is now dead at the age of 73 and his obituary was in the New York times today. And it was just extraordinary. Um, what I didn't fully appreciate was that his practice was on the Upper East side on uh, 78th and park, which was, you know, just blocks away from where my parents lived for many, many years. And so I may have had run-ins with you may have Dr. Bornstein. Brushed, brushed elbows, brushed shoulders with a his, lock of his with hair. His <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. And then another extraordinary detail is that he wrote poetry under the pseudonym Count Harold. And I just want. I didn't know. That. <laughs> I didn't know it was Count I Harold. Want... 
Count Harold. I want a posthumous collection. This guy might be the next um, William Carlos Williams. Is it ha, is it published I, or is I, it I like want... a Kindle single or like what is it? Is it? Can you no, buy it's it? not. It's unpublished. It, it, oh, it's obituary unpublished. said that he writes poetry. <laughs> he wrote poetry under that name, and now I'm just like you know, alarm bells are going off. I just want to. I want to know the the poetic stylings of Dr. Harold Bornstein. Um, and then there's another detail, which is the back of his business card said, Dottore Molto Famoso, which means very famous doctor in Italian. Oh, so, that's his, you know, RIP, that's his official Dr. title. Dr. Bornstein. Oh, you will not be missed. Yeah. Uh, okay, so did you, I just realized I barely okay. got outside this week. Did you get outside this week? I mean, it was just get started. Not get really. really I mean, or... well, I'll tell you about the last time I, I got outside. So I had a there but for the grace of God go I moment this week, and I have not been outside since. So Coco, <laughs> my dog, finally like has gotten big enough that she took me down while we were walking I knew oh, it was only it was a matter of time happen yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes but I just didn't think it was going to be this week you know like the last thing I need is like a trip to the emergency room but I was outside walking with AJ and Coco saw the neighbor's dog and just took off on the leash and I found myself flying through the air and I fell face forward, hit the pavement on my elbows and was dragged down the block before Coco realized what she had done. And my hand has like all Ooh. these scratches oh, on that's it. Bad. You can see. Ooh, yeah. 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 Take that to and, Dr. Um, Bornstein I, I, for some gastroenterology. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. And uh, I definitely thought that I broke my elbow and had it not been winter, I probably would have, but I was wearing one of those like Canada goose puffers, which I think broke my fall and, and maybe saved my life. Um, and so I just have a bunch of bruises, but I'm in pain and I'm healing. And I ordered, I finally caved and ordered a choke collar oh, for Coco because yeah. this cannot go on. It's, no. uh, you know, life is too precious and I don't need to break any bones right <laughs> okay, now. So, yeah, so that's why I that. haven't been outside. <laughs> well, well um, let's How see. About you? For, yeah, this week. So my my one of my main resolutions, I, I had many, but one was uh, that old saw have no iPad in bed because the blue light's supposed to keep you awake and disturb your sleep and so forth. And I would normally take the iPad in bed and I thought I would like browse for 10 minutes and it winds up being two hours. So of course that resolution yep. didn't last. Um, it lasted about four days. And I sit there and I read like Apple News and there's all these like BuzzFeed articles of like lists of products like, you know, these 10 things from Walmart will make your life easier or like you won't believe the amazing reviews of these whatever. So of course Clickbait. I'm a, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's more of the, you know, there's actual products in these articles. Um, and I realized, oh, and I and I also, one of my other resolutions was falling asleep earlier. So I was taking some prescription sleep pills at very low dosage. Um, but it kind of puts me in a haze. And then I, every day, something from Amazon was showing up. <laughs> You're ordering stuff. And I had no idea what it was and no recollection. And then I realized I was sleep shopping. I was oh, reading these yeah. BuzzFeed articles yeah. and going to Amazon and buying things. And I think the logic is like, if it's under $50, sure, why not? I'll give it a try. So here are some of the things that I swear to God on every <laughs> single one of these, they showed up on a different day in an Amazon box and I opened it up and I had no idea what was going to be in the box. Okay, here they are. <laughs> I wrote a list. <laughs> Number one is Lakuma powder. 
which is, what is some sort of Peruvian sweetener, like organic, no <laughs> calorie sweetener. Um, a, a box of a hundred bags of a Chinese fermented tea. Um, okay. and I don't, and I don't drink hot tea generally, but <laughs> this tea appealed to me. Um, but I do drink iced tea and I got a case of cans of iced tea, which is okay. actually something I can use. Um, I also got a hair thickening spray that I have no recollection of. Dr. Harold Bornstein. <laughs> I got a hair thickening spray. I got a um, like a fleece sleeping headband with Bluetooth headphones like embedded into them so they don't fall out. So you can like fall asleep to music and they don't fall out. Um, oh. <laughs> which I mean, sure, but like not something I would have planned ahead to buy, <laughs> not a considered purchase. <laughs> I mean, that, buy. right. And then finally <laughs> I bought an, an audio cassette recorder. <laughs> and maybe it's to play music to put in my headband when I sleep. Like, <laughs> it seems like you have like an alter ego that likes tea and like listening, listening music. to cassette recorders and thickening his hair. It's like this other side of your man. It's the man I aspire to be that comes out only in the in the waning hours of my conscious day as I yeah. drift into sleep. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. So now if you if you happen to want my fleece sleeping headbound, I don't think I'll be using it. I mean, I tried it I'll on try actually. It. It's quite comfortable. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll listen to like yeah. Headspace meditation music and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's uh, that's all the excitement I had this week. Um, which distracted me a little bit from the excitement in the rest of the country. Woohoo! Yes. Very fun and exciting. Tell me, you have some nopes that I like. I gave up this week. I, I just said, Rachel, you run the show today because yeah, there's I so many nothing. nopes. Yeah. I mean, we decided like we're just going to look into like the characters of the coup and just sort of talk about some of these. The second, people. the secondary like, who characters. Who are these yeah. people? Like we saw like these images on, and we were texting the whole time. It's like, who are these people? And so. The first one that I want to talk about is um, this guy who was wearing a Viking costume mm, mm, yeah, in, that guy. in the Capitol. Like he had antlers and pelts and his face was painted like Braveheart. And this is the face of the stupid revolution. I mean, his his name was revealed to be Jacob Chansley, but he's also known as Jake Angeli or the QAnon shaman. Mm. And that's his nom de guerre. He's 33 years old. He's from Phoenix, Arizona, and now he's been arrested. Um, and he's tonight he's been asking Trump for a pardon, which is probably not great for Trump's case because he's <laughs> he's arguing that he came to the Capitol at the request of the president. So, um, OK, so he's in jail and he's awaiting his you know trial and he's likened himself to Gandhi and. Martin Luther King. And, you know, to that, I say we really need to invest in education, <laughs> particularly history. <laughs> I mean, the children and, are our future, but not yes, that child. <laughs> no. And so the, the QAnon shaman made his first appearance in court this week. And his mother, who I suspect is also his roommate, um, she was there <laughs> and she... <laughs> She complained to the judge that her son gets very, very sick if he doesn't eat all organic food. So could mm. the prison please provide him with that? And he apparently hadn't eaten in days. And the judge said 
he would look into it. Um, but I don't think that they uh, gave in to those demands yet. I mean, maybe they can order him one of those like pre-prepared meal delivery services. Yeah, like Blue Apron like, or something, know, or just Daily get Harvest, Amazon, Amazon Prime, Amazon Fresh. Get the yes, gobble. <laughs> gobble bistro for vegans. <laughs> Does he get like cooking facilities there? Can he get one of those like cooking boxes where you can make your own food? Like, I mean, could... listen, I don't know much about prison, but I imagine that. It's how it is there. No, you, you know exactly about prison because we went to a dinner party with a guy who is an ex-con. Oh, yes. Who made, yes. A, bur- a, made a prison burrito for us. How could you forget that? We're, we're talking I... about prison food. And like we literally went to a dinner party and sat oh, next yes. to Oh, yes. He a was con- amazing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, what was in that? It was uh, Fritos and Cheese Whiz and crunched up uh, Doritos. Uh, and I declined to taste it. It was sort of a potluck dinner. I tasted and that's what it. Yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting. Um, <laughs> I tasted it. I, it was not for me, but I guess like if you're in jail and uh, you're not um, the QAnon shaman, you have to eat this kind of food. Um, but so, I, I mean, I don't know. This is just disgusting. Nope, nope, nope. Um, to, to all these to all these people but um you have to like think to yourself when you see these people like okay at least there's no like new york liberal jews involved in this nonsense oh, I like know our people talk about. Brian, yes. are not no we would never these are all but, from like but, red state crazy you know people we do not we would right. not know any of these people we would never run into these people but no, no, no. The Viking guy was assisted by another person who was dressed in pelts. What is pelts like the face of the the revolution? Maybe it's like, like, David, like maybe it's like the Alamo because you know Trump went to Alamo, Texas to yeah, like. To, Texas. Maybe it's like yeah. What's the Davy? Is Davy Crockett the Alamo? I don't even know. I uh, guess it's like Davy Crockett, but like what? I, I just I don't quite get the references. But this guy was dressed fully in pelts and he was wearing glasses like wire rim glasses and his name he was arrested too his name is aaron mostofsky is this who you thought i was going to talk yeah, about yeah yeah the brooklyn judge is his son he's right? the yeah. he's the son of a brooklyn judge or a king yeah king's county uh, supreme court judge and um he and his father are both registered democrats Ah. Uh. I'd so like to I, see I just, who that I'd like to see an interview with that father like oh wait wait no I saw something about like the defense was like he wasn't part of the mob he like he was there for other he reasons like, there. He, was, he was in a pelt he was, in he was the wearing way. a pelt he was standing he was next on a to the regular, shaman he was just on a regular capital tour with his school group <laughs> I mean in costume did you see that article in the Atlantic um, by Caitlin Flanagan? It's called The Worst Revolution Ever. And she quotes Norm MacDonald saying that the second worst job in the world is crack whore. And the worst <laughs> job in the world is assistant crack whore. And Aaron Mostovsky is the, the assistant, assistant crack, crack whore. whore. <laughs> so, yes, nope to all of these people. Okay. I mean, no, no, no. May the Vikings suffer the consequences of their actions. Viking justice. I, I don't know what Viking justice <laughs> Viking is. Viking burial. Cast them out. <laughs> Outlaws. Dane Law. Okay. Uh, are you okay. done with these crazies? Because I, I have I, my own crazies. Yeah, I'm done. Go, go okay. on with your crazies. Okay. Well, my crazy is coming from inside the House, literally the White House, because you might ask, where was Melania Trump during all of this? You know, she 
not normally outspoken about policy, but you would think something as extreme as this might, you know, warrant her uh, some expression of some concern, some, some... some even mild concern from her. We heard we we had heard nothing from her in two weeks prior, and I think we talked about this earlier. Stephanie Christian, her chief of staff, left um, before this, actually, over the election. The election overturning stage of this coup, um, yes. and people were saying, "Where was Melania during the siege?" And the answer, of course, is that she was photographing carpets. Um, <laughs> she has been taking her time to photograph the redecorating work she has done in the White House, um, getting ready to publish a coffee table book. And Wednesday was Rug Day. And uh, rug day can't be interrupted. She already paid and for the lights and the photographer. Yeah, you can't you can't just reschedule those things like that because of an insurrection. For, because of an insurrection, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and that's just like a a small part of how out of it is she now. Like she normally, the first lady takes a big part in the transition of power, in the inauguration, in the like hosting. She meets the new first lady. She didn't even know that she wasn't going to the inauguration until she saw Trump's tweet about it or someone told her about Trump's tweet about it. So here she was like picking out her gown and like mm -hmm. getting ready for her like final hurrah. And uh, then finally she found out that she was getting dumped. She, she wasn't She's getting a to garbage go to the monster. She hasn't even reached out to Jill Biden when the Obamas were so kind to her. And she has not. She's just she's as disgusting as her husband. Yes. Well, finally, on Monday, she did put out a statement and whew, what a statement. Oh, yes. she, she shouldn't have bothered. <laughs> yes. She shouldn't have bothered. So there's three paragraphs of nonsense. And then obviously someone else wrote this for her, but they were channeling her because it clearly could have come from her. Um, she doesn't mention this insurrection until the fourth paragraph where she says her heart goes out to the people who were the people who were killed. And then she names the Capitol Police officers and the terrorists. And she goes, I pray for in your the comfort same and strength. Paragraph. Yes, she names the, the terrorists first. Yes, yes. And then, oh, and by the way, Capitol Police officers slick nick and slick rick right sorry i don't mean to disrespect them i just can't remember the names um sick, nick. Name? sick nick sorry officer sick nick no, yeah. no disrespect officer thank you for your sacrifice um and uh yeah offering them families comfort and strength no like if you if you where uh, if these you are people who literally tried to overthrow if, if the government shoot a, <laughs> if there is someone like at the airport like staging taking down an airplane that's a terrorist and you shoot them dead and you do not express condolences to their family that's what happens when you try to overthrow a government or correct a, 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 sorry you know have a terrorist act i'm so worked yeah. up i can't even normally the words flow from my mouth mellifluously and now i can't even speak i'm so worked up about this so she she said it's she very was, upsetting yeah she said she was disappointed and disheartened with disheartened by what happened and then of course there's a hard pivot in this art letter and it becomes about her because it's got to be about her. And here's the quote. I have to read it. I find it shameful that surrounding these uh, tragic events, there has been salacious gossip, unwarranted personal attacks, and false misleading accusations on me from people who are looking to be relevant and have an agenda. This time is solely about healing our country and its citizens. We should not be used for political gain. Fuck you. But like nobody was talking about her. Like first of all, I was like, really? What what is the gossip? Like what is it? Cuz I hadn't heard anything. No. No. She's she's projecting first of all. <laughs> Maybe she's talking yeah. about Donald. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what 
what nerve? I mean, I don't know why we're surprised by anything. We have, I, I was going to say we have five days left to be angered by these things, but unless the Senate convicts and bars Trump from public life, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this in uh, 2024 and yeah. every day between now and then. Anyway, nope, Melania. Um, <clears throat> oh, also, she's been moving out. She's actually been the sensible one. She's managing the move out with the the staff getting stuff to the furniture to Mar-a-Lago and stuff, but they're not telling Trump. So they have to do it in the middle of the night, um, <laughs> and, like tiptoe around him. So like one day he's just going to come into his bedroom and the bed's going to be gone. And he's going to be like, Melania, where's the bed? And uh, that's a very bad invitation. But anyway, it's going to be gone like he is. Um, and then the, you had something, I didn't even know what you were talking about. You had something about Jared and Ivanka's toilet. What, yeah. What so Jared and so there's, so the people were going insane over this. The Washington Post is reporting that um, American taxpayers have been paying $3,000 a month for the last few years to rent an apartment in the D.C. neighborhood of Calorama so that the Secret Service assigned to Jared and Ivanka's family so that they can use a bathroom because Ivanka and Jared won't let them in their house. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They have yes. a seven bedroom house in Calorama and they won't let them use the bathroom. So these are people who agree to lay down their lives for these idiots and they won't even like <laughs> let, let I would let like that. a stranger use the bathroom. <laughs> like forget about like someone who was like tasked with defending my life. So this whole thing leads to nothing short of like a bathroom odyssey where <laughs> first there was a porta potty that they put on the sidewalk in this neighborhood. But the neighbors, of course, complained because it was blocking their safe passage view. down the block. <laughs> and it was an eyesore. <laughs> And so then they started using the bathroom in a garage at Barack Obama's house down the block. <laughs> yeah, they live nearby. And Jeff Bezos has a house there too. Yes. There could be. <laughs> yes. So, but then one of the Secret Service agents evidently left a mess in the bathroom that was so bad that they were forbidden to use the Obama's bathroom ever again, <laughs> which led to the next stage of the Odyssey. This is the Odyssey, like the <laughs> like Scylla and Charybdis. And- yes. And then they they went they would drive a mile to use the bathroom at Mike Pence's house. At the- <laughs> no, at the Naval Observatory. Yes, yes. In like a in like a guard. Why station. did we lead to this story? This is insane. I've never heard anything like this. And, or they would use the bath if they didn't want to drive a mile to Mike Pence's house to use the bathroom. They would just ask local businesses if they could use like the bathroom. Like Kramer books or. Yes. Some, somewhere and, in DuPont Circle, right. Yes. So then they finally... And by the way, the Washington Hilton is right there. I'm sure they have bathrooms in the lobby if you can even go in nowadays. They, yeah, they could just go in there. So th- they finally rented this apartment in a neighboring house. So we American taxpayers have paid almost $150,000 because Ivanka and Jared won't let the people who are protecting their lives into their house. You would think that they would want to keep them close. Like what if someone attempted an assassination while they were all out looking for a place to, to pee. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Be in the bathroom. Okay, no, thank you for is... tagging that on at the last minute. Cause I, that's... I had to, because it's just, it just underscores what garbage people they are. All of them. Nope, shut them down. Um, do you nope, have any more garbage not. people? Any more uh, beat, beat, oh, oh, beat yes. players in the drama this week? 
Yeah. So, um, of course, I have to talk about Rudy Giuliani. Um, what, would, so, what would a week in American history be this this millennium without, without this Rudy Giuliani? Bumbling fool. So um, last Wednesday, right as the insurrection was happening at the Capitol, Rudy Giuliani left a rambling message for Senator Tommy Tuberville, which I always want to say Tuberville, but it's Tuberville of well, Alabama. Yeah, I know why you want to pronounce it Tuberville asked, because it's spelled Tuberville. It's spelled Tuberville, like but it's some Tuberville. Idiot decided Tuberville. Okay, yes. Yeah. So he asked Tuberville to slow down the joint session of Congress, which was reconvening (laughs) post-insurrection Wednesday night at 8 p.m. to finalize the acceptance of all the Electoral College votes. And so in the recorded message, Giuliani can be heard saying that he and his client, Donald Trump, were trying to buy some more time. So he needs Tuberville to please object to the certification of 10 different states so that while they're debating the merits of these cases, he can scramble to gather the evidence. The, the evidence they've been talking claims. about for two months, like that suddenly is yes, down to the which last. Which he said he would seconds. have the next day. He said, Always just buy day. me 18 right. hours and I'll have it the next day. Right. So um, to which I say, sure, Jan. Okay, so here's <laughs> here's a clip of the message. Senator Tuberville, or I should say Coach Tuberville, this is Rudy Giuliani, president's lawyer. I'm calling you because I want to discuss with you how they're trying to rush this hearing and how we need you, our Republican friends, to try to just slow it down so we can can get these legislatures to get more information to you. And uh, I know they're they're uh, reconvening at 8 tonight, but the only strategy we can follow is to object to numerous states and raise issues so that we get ourselves into tomorrow, ideally until the end of tomorrow. I know McConnell is doing everything he can to rush it, which is kind of a kick in the head because it's one thing to oppose us. It's another thing not to give us a fair opportunity to contest it. He wants to try to get it down to three, only three states that we can test. Well, there, there are 10 states that we can test, not three. So if, if you could object to every state and along with a congressman get a hearing for every state, I know we would delay you a lot, but it would give us the opportunity to get the legislators who are very, very close to pulling their votes, particularly after what McConnell did today. It angered them because they had written letters asking that you guys adjourn and send them back the questionable ones and they'll fix them up. So if I'm, this phone number, I'm available on all night and it would be an honor to talk to you. Okay, so this is extraordinary. First of all, they have no evidence. They are just basically hoping for a miracle. And second of all, Tuberville and his colleagues had uh, just almost been murdered by a marauding band of seditionists and here's Giuliani calling in the middle of this to overturn the results and doesn't even acknowledge anything that's going on Um, but it gets crazier so to back up for a second Tommy Tuberville is a former football coach Um, that's why Rudy calls him coach Tuberville in the message and he's easily the stupidest person in the Senate in a recent interview he said that the three branches of government were the house the Senate and the executive and he's also one of 
<laughs> Oops. Um, he's one of the six GOP senators who still voted to object to the results in Arizona after the attack on the Capitol. So had he heard this message from Giuliani, perhaps he would have continued to try to slow things down. Who knows? But we'll never know because unfortunately, Rudy Giuliani dialed the wrong number and the message was left for another senator who leaked <laughs> it to the media. So that's why we have the Oh, recording. I didn't realize it went to the wrong senator. I heard the, yes. I, th I thought that was like yes. crazy enough, that message. But no, it went, wait, Mike no. Lee it went to? Yes, went to Mike Lee. So Rudy, but we didn't know that at first. So Rudy Giuliani, he of four seasons, total landscaping, <laughs> dripping hair dye, farting in court, masturbating in a Borat film. Has there anybody ever been more worth their $20,000 a day in legal fees? Right. You cannot pay this guy enough. He's, but they're not paying him anything now, right? I know. They're, like he's cutting the spigot off. Right. Because... So that's the scandal. But didn't he say at one point that he wasn't getting paid by Trump, that he was doing this out of a like a He said he was doing country? it for free. But then with the over, I mean, if you're going <laughs> to ask someone to overturn an election, <laughs> uh, you should get at least $20,000 a day, you know? So, yeah, sure. So sure. anyway, so the senator, when this first leaked, did not identify himself. But a few days later, it was revealed to be Mike Lee, as you said. And he's the junior senator from Utah. And he's also a terrible person. But at least he didn't sign on to the crazy campaign to overturn the election. And the reason why we know it's Mike Lee is because Donald Trump also <laughs> dialed Mike Lee looking for <laughs> Tommy Tuberville <laughs> to ask him to overturn the are election. There like, and, I, are there like iCloud phones synced somehow and like they they put it in the wrong entry? Like It, bog it boggles the mind. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I, I don't, there's so many questions. But so Trump calls Tuberville, Mike Lee picks up and Trump starts <laughs> talking to him as if he's Tuberville. And Mike Lee was like, uh, you have the wrong number, sir. This is a Kentucky fried chicken and, and passes him along to Tommy Tuberville, who had to get off the call within 10 minutes because this was like, at, I don't know, like 3.30 on Wednesday, the Senate was being overrun by lunatics and they all had to be moved to a secure location. Oh, it was during the during, it was during the, the insurrection. insurrection. So, like, imagine how much of a psychopath you have to be to see what's going on in television. We now know he was watching television. Oh, and he's working the phone. He's working the phones. And he's working the phones to try and overturn the election. So I don't know why more people are not talking about this. I hope it comes up in his um, impeachment trial, because I think it gets to the heart of what a psycho he is, you know? And I mean, as far as like how this mix up happened, I checked to see if Mike Lee's number was maybe like one digit off from Tommy Tuberville's and it's not even close. Like, Wait, how do totally you have their number? How do you have their cell phone I just, numbers? No, I don't have their cell phone. I just looked at their office numbers. Okay. I figured maybe. Right. But yeah, you're right. They probably... <laughs> But like, why would Mike Lee's number, Utah Senator, be the same as Tommy Tuberville, who's from Alabama? It would be a totally different number, right? So, yeah, so, I'll so I think I think that we um, listeners of this podcast should all call Mike Lee and leave a message for Tommy Tuberville, Tuberville. just for fun. <laughs> His office number is 202-224-4444. <laughs> 
5444 and just call and just say Rudy sent for a good, you for a good time call <laughs> for a good time so I just I mean Trump is no longer paying Rudy's fees I think um he's gonna stiff him just like he stiffs everybody else and so um unfortunately we might not be hearing from him until he's arrested so I just I just pray 2021 is the year of accountability because I, I can't take much more of this this is just oh, no. what happened to 2021 being a better year like we got like the January <laughs> Fifth was the Georgia election. That was it. And we cannot have nice things. It's we over. had like three hours of like just exuberance. They're even ruining and- the inauguration. Like now it's going to be some like diminished, sad, like lockdown terrorist or, you know, inauguration. I don't think they should even have. Yeah, I think it should be a lockdown. Like I'm I am terrified. Okay, let's talk about something okay. else. No, let's okay. talk about animals. Let's talk about okay. well, let's talk about <laughs> but only through the lens of crazy Trump people. Yes. Um, so I've. As I reflect back, here's a segue, as I reflect back on the Trump years, as they hopefully are winding down, um, there's a lot of like overlooked disgusting acts that are in any other administration would have been epic, but somehow just like got rolled over in the maelstrom of Trump wickedness. Um, Among them is gutting the Endangered Species Act, which was a fantastic accomplishment. And remember, there's no one more in favor of fresh air and fresh water, but I guess not endangered animals. Um, But it's not enough for the government to gut the Endangered Species Act. The MAGA crazies are taking matters into their own hands. And you might have seen this article in Florida, Florida man, presumably, in the Homosassa River in Citrus County, they found a manatee which is an endangered species, with Trump written in 16-inch high block letters in its back. It's just like when I saw that, I wanted to vomit. There's something about that that is so beyond the pale. Like- well, if, if there's a silver lining here, they originally thought, thought it had been like carved with a knife, which is too horrible to even contemplate. But it turned out that it... <laughs> It was some other art form. Apparently, um, manatees like grow algae on their hides. I don't know what you call the skin of a manatee on their skin. <laughs> You're our finest living marine <laughs> biologist. <laughs> their hides. Um, and they like rub, I guess they rub up against rocks and they get the algae on them. And this was carved into the algae. So okay. the algae are grow back. So I don't think it was like pierced the pierce the skin pierce of the, the manatee still but disgusting. still no, it's still and there's only 6300 manatees in florida which as animal populations go is not a lot and they're beautiful creatures and um they'd say even though it's sort of superficial on the side they don't know what kind of long-term like damage it's going to have not least of all is psychological which brought me to the question of how did they catch it and hold it down to like scrape Trump's name into it. And apparently, so I did a little research in like, I Googled, how do you catch a manatee? (laughs) (laughs) Because, because of course, I don't want to see the ads that are going to follow me around now. um, (laughs) Apparently the way to attract a manatee and people do this and it's illegal, um, but you run a hose like off a pier or something in a trickle and the manatee is attracted to the hose to the trickle of water i don't know why they're in plenty of water and then you throw lettuce at it (laughs) i just did not (laughs) expect you were going to say okay 
No, you don't then pet it lovingly until it learns to come to you. you throw lettuce that like is... any, like romaine? <laughs> well, no, I like... don't think like a whole head of iceberg lettuce, like to dab. I think it's to feed it, like feed the like pigeon. Butter, bo like butter, like Boston butter, lettuce? Yeah, <laughs> Boston bib lettuce only. It's very picky. <laughs> doesn't want red leaf lettuce, doesn't want frisee. It wants, yes, Boston bib lettuce. Um, and uh, and that's how they come because they become addicted. Same reason you shouldn't feed the ducks, right? They become, you know, acclimated they to coming up. can't get enough of the lettuce, yeah. They, they love the lettuce, which seems an odd thing for a sea creature to want. I don't know. Are they mammals? I think they're mammals. But any, yeah. whatever they are, they shouldn't be eating lettuce, human lettuce from... Wegmans or whatever. So that happened and it's terrible. And uh, it's a nope. And there's not a lot of nuance there. You should not be putting Trump's name or anyone else's name onto a Just manatee. Leave animals alone. I no. mean, animals and humans yeah. should not mix, as I say, except Coco. Yeah. And even this week, maybe you and Coco shouldn't have mixed. because We got in a fight. We, I was very upset with her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So nope to the manatee mangler. I hope you get what you no. deserve. Yeah. Um, okay. You got one more? Yeah, so um, we've talked before about Louise Linton, who is the much younger second or third wife of uh, Treasury Secretary <laughs> Steve Mnuchin. And she's the one who got in a lot of trouble at the beginning of the administration for posting fashion Instagram photos, tagging all these designers. And well, I'll never forget and... that picture of her with her like white glove in front of the sheet of like. Oh, yeah, like an elbow-length glove with the dollar bills, like at the U.S. Mint, like right, with Cruella Mnuchin. DeVille. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> she well, thinks it's so, one big joke. Being the Treasury Secretary is one big, you know, passport to fame. Character. Yeah. yeah, so Louise has a new movie out. She's like, you know, reportedly an actress, although she's been like an extra in like Law and Order or, you know, yeah. and um, she has... She has a new movie, and um, it sounds very interesting. It's it's coming straight to VOD in February, and we should have a virtual viewing party, Brian, when it yes, comes out. Yes, but can out. I get a preview? I haven't seen the trick. Give me a preview of this. Yeah, so, okay. So she sat down um, for an interview uh, to promote the movie with uh, Brooks Barnes from the New York Times, and it was really a fascinating, um, fascinating piece. So the film is called You, Me, Madness, um, what does that even? It sounds like be best. Like maybe Melania helped <laughs> it's her the same, write it. Same copywriter. <laughs> <laughs> you me madness, and it was written, directed, and stars Louise Linton, and it was financed by um, a group of people who she described as friends and family, by which she probably means the U.S. Treasury. Yes. Um, and she's a real jack of all trades. Um, she describes it as a comedic thriller, which means that it's just terrible unintentionally and, comedic <laughs> she yes. tried for a thriller and had to <laughs> and had to say oh i meant for this to be funny so she plays Catherine black who is um a woman who describes herself as quote a materialistic narcissistic self-absorbed raging misanthrope who may or may not have an undiagnosed <laughs> personality disorder and is addicted to a variety of things mainly cocaine champagne excessive exercise expensive shoes and indescribable violence it's <laughs> <laughs> my new best friend i love i love that so it's basically a biopic of, um, of Louise Linton. So um, I'm just going to read the first paragraph of Brooks's story because it's uh, it really takes you right into the heart of the movie. So, OK, quote, it starts with spider sex. <laughs> Wait, with spider sex, like two spiders having sex, not people having sex as if they were spiders. 
Yes. Okay. Spider sex. Louise Linton in character as Catherine Black, an exquisitely attired bisexual sociopath, watches a hairy <laughs> spider tiptoe across her desk. It comes a little bit closer and closer. In a steely voiceover, Catherine contemplates the peculiarities of arachnid biology, how some females kill and consume their partners after sex. Why are some males willing to risk anything, even copulatory suicide, to get it? And then she tosses the critter into her mouth. Chomp. <laughs> so that's how the film begins. Do you and, think it was um, a real spider? I bet it was a real spider. Probably. I mean, yeah. she probably eats spiders on the regular. For breakfast. <laughs> like on the spider diet. So. <laughs> She's addicted to exercise. She'll do anything to shed the pounds. So it can only get better from there. And let me tell you, it does. Um, so this film, it's it's like, it sounds like it's a Stefan sketch. Like it has everything. <laughs> everything. So there's a scene where Louise caresses frozen, severed male body parts while dancing to Denise Williams's Let's Hear It for the Boy. Oh, summer say, music series. So, yeah. So Yay. she has good music taste. I have to give her that. There's a drug-fueled poolside orgy. Also, wait, also summer music music series from Animotion Obsession oh, yeah. remember there was a, a poolside orgy with the Roman yeah that's true but I wonder if that song is in the movie maybe oh maybe wow we'll have we're, to watch it to we're see. soothsayers we're... We're, maybe she listens to the podcast Call us, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> you could be on anytime. So there's also, in addition to the poolside orgy, there is a choreographed tomato tomato <laughs> conga line. There are 42 outfit changes in a 98 minute movie, and then of course there's a testicle supper. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is like the disaster artist, right? I mean, <laughs> yes, yes. What's that movie called? The Room. The Room. Yeah, not yeah, the it's like... not the real room. The other the room. Right. 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 Um, and so then there's the casting and it's like only criminals may apply so for the male lead Louise Linton chose the actor Ed Westwick from Gossip Girl who was accused yeah. in 2017 of raping two women and sexually assaulting a third and um, I mean it's clear that nobody wants to have anything to do with this movie like Adam well, it's Pope like the it's like the cabinet right like it's like yeah. appointing Ed Westwick to be the secretary of state like it's whoever's the last to leave the room exactly it's just like the the worst people may apply right so adam fogelson who's this big hollywood executive he's the chairman of stx films with which is distributing me you badness um he called the movie a gloriously committed anti-romantic comedy which is like the most like oh, diplomatic thing you that? could possibly say but then he says to brooks barnes um he kept emphasizing and re-emphasizing that stx films was not involved with the movie's creation <laughs> <laughs> and that he's not on the hook financially for anything. Um, oh so God. I thought that was a funny uh, way despite, to... Despite the fact that I do not want to line her pockets, I am going to pay fourteen ninety five to watch this on demand. I kind of have I must, to see it. I must. I must. It's, it's available on February 12th. Maybe we could do a whole episode about it because... <laughs> I got... I'm, I'm so exhausted. I'll talk about anything other than Trump now. So yeah. sure. Why not? Okay. <laughs> Okay, so um, so that's that. Um, it's available on February twelfth, so everyone should. Yes, you've um... said that several times. You're <laughs> are they paying you to promote this movie? <laughs> Me, you, man. I'm the publicist for the film. But speaking of the entertainment world, there was another piece of entertainment news that 
you know, came across my radar this week and I just sort of like ignored it for a while, but um, I can't ignore it anymore. So I'm just going to say it. And there's <laughs> no, no sugarcoating this, this yes. but um, evidently Army Hammer is a cannibal. <laughs> like metaphorically? No, like actually. <laughs> So I saw this tweet from Christina Binkley, who's been on the podcast before, and she said, I cannot, 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 cannot convey to you how much I wish I hadn't fallen down that army hammer hole. And I've seen like, there's just been so much going on. I keep seeing people talking about army hammer and I'm like, oh, who cares? Whatever. And so I just responded to Christina and I said, could you summarize? And she DM'd me and she said a bunch of women who have been submissives to him for years have released text messages where he fantasizes about cutting them up, eating their bodies, oh, smearing God. himself in their blood. And um, she was just like, I'm sorry, but you really have to deal with this on the pod right after you covered Javanka, not letting the secret service <laughs> protection officers go to the bathroom. And before you mention the looting of the Abe Lincoln bus. <laughs> So, so she knows us very well. Anyway, okay. Army Hammer, I don't know what to say about you. This it's a is... pity because I was a big fan. I would gladly go down an Army Hammer hole in many senses of the word. Like he's a <laughs> he's a hunk. And be careful um, what you wish for. <laughs> sure, I might wind up chopped up in pieces and somewhere in his gastrointestinal tract. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so... So I don't know. He was supposed to be in a movie with J Lo, but he dropped out because maybe she. I don't know. She probably know. wants know. nothing to do with that. Anyway. Okay. Okay. That's it. That's your that's, nopes, right? That's, that's her nopes, that, right? Okay. That's let's, the nopes. That's all we have to say. <laughs> Somehow I'm going to muster up the energy for the yups. These are the little rays of light, the little beacons of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, you have a good one if I see this correctly on my little rundown here. Yeah, yeah. So my yup this week goes to Fran Lebowitz. Um, she has a show on Netflix called Pretend It's a City. Um, Martin Scorsese directed it. It's a delightful, I think it's seven or eight parts. And it's just great to see Fran, this New York icon, just complaining about ordinary annoyances of living in New York. And it's kind of bittersweet to be watching this during quarantine, but it's it's a reminder that things will eventually be back to normal and we could go back to whining about the subway. And um, I have a, I, I've just been laughing so hard watching this. And I have a clip of her talking about why she loves to stay in New York and um, she doesn't understand why people like to go other places. So here's that clip. When I'm in airports and I see that there are people going on vacations, I think how horrible could your life be? Like how bad is your regular life that you think, you know what would be fun? Let's get the kids, go to the airport, you know, with this thousands of pieces of luggage, stand in these lines, be yelled at by a bunch of morons, leave late, be squished all together. And this is better than our actual life. Well, it's very reassuring. I mean, that's the same Fran Lebowitz we've had for 50 years, right? Like she's, she is just as grumpy today as she was when she was a she teenager. She's very like... consistent. <laughs> yes. That's Love what we her. need in today's world. <laughs> Consistency. She ain't leaving New York. Okay. Well, speaking of New York, my yup goes to my congressperson, Jerry Nadler, who is the, I think, believe the chair of this, uh, the con uh, the House Judiciary Committee. Is that right? Yep, and he's uh, correct. running the impeachment hearing. So apparently when he came onto the floor for the, was it for the impeachment debate or for the, yes, for, yeah, for, for the, the impeachment, impeachment debate, vote. he yeah. came in holding a shopping bag from Zabar's, right? Which is the, yep. the, 
Jewish sort of deli famous for smoked salmon and babka. And apparently he brought a Zabar's babka onto the floor of the house, you know, because you need a snack. You're going to be there. You need a, few a babka. Hours. You need a, a babka. babka is an underappreciated delight. Right. It and there really are, is great. There are further convergences, which is that I and and you, at, to the same degree, I think, are related by marriage to the Zabar family. This we is, are. We yeah, are. It's basically like a family business. <laughs> yeah, cousin Ira's uh, wife, Sandy, who I believe is also a gastroenterologist. I might be wrong. I know like, she's a doctor, like but Dr. I don't know. Well, Ira's a gastroenterologist like Dr. Harold Bornstein. Um, <laughs> I wonder if they know each other. <laughs> well, they live on the Upper West Side. <laughs> okay. Bornstein lives on the Upper East Side. So um, anyway... That takes some chutzpah to walk onto the floor with uh, Zabar's babka, but I'm proud of you, and everything that rises must converge. It's a great convergence of events in this yeah. terrible, terrible week. He did a fantastic job, I will say, and I, if the babka helped give him energy to, to go <laughs> the, on, the then strength, I endorse it. Yeah. The strength to fight. Find it where you can. Okay. Uh, wow. I, I feel stupid saying this is a terrible week because it was the most terrible week um but if you you somehow it felt like a year yeah yeah. if you somehow despite all of this enjoy this podcast please rate review subscribe and the best thing you can do is tell a friend in real life i mean when you talk to your friends there's very little very few good things to talk about it's always like how are you get under the circumstances and like i don't even know what they're talking about are they talking about COVID? about the insurrection there's just an endless supply of terrible things so one thing you can talk to them that's nice about that's nice is nope say i've got a great podcast you should try yeah. um anyway notwithstanding sure. that it has been a terrible week but this has been a fun podcast record this has been nope the podcast where we shut it down. One.